there is a there is the glory the glory that reflects your holiness and when we stand in your presence and when you come you change the climate you change the the atmosphere you change the culture and that's where we want to be is right here so each one of our hearts deep down inside is crying out for your fullness So if you can turn your attention to the scripture, and it's in the fourth chapter, and it reads like this, starting with verse 20, but we're looking at verse 21 and 22, so recognize that. And I want to use verse 20 as the backdrop, uh, but it says that, but you didn't learn Christ in this way, you didn't. But it says, if indeed you have heard him, that's something we'll look at. And have been taught, that's something we'll look at in him. And just as truth, we'll look at truth, is in Jesus. And then verse 22 says that in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupt, in accordance with the lust of deceit. Now, what we have been doing here, uh, starting almost uh, a little bit more than a year ago, is taking our time through the book of Ephesians. And we want to make sure that when you get to scriptures, we want to put them in the content and context of what Paul, through the Holy Spirit, is trying to say to the church, not only at Ephesus, but the church today. When that first chapter tells you that you were called out and you're called by the Father, redeemed by the Son, and sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. And then in that second chapter, he tells us that we are a family and the Jews and the Gentiles are one, which means not only when you look at chapter 1 and you see that because you're called out, you got rights, but in chapter 2, because you're family, you've been reconciled. And then in chapter 3, he talks about that we're a mystery, that through the church, this manifold wisdom, is going to be displayed to the world. That you also are a revelation. God is going to make you a revelation because Paul was a steward of the mystery of that revelation and it came through him that that revelation was 
real. And then in chapter 4, that uh, we're teen. Now, where you, where you are now in the fourth chapter, uh, it comes out of that, 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 that fivefold team mentality. And in that team mentality, that means you have a responsibility. And then when you move on to chapter 5, you, you see this beautiful bride emerging, which talks about relationships. And then in chapter 6, you see her as an army. Well, she's got on the form of God. That means she has rank. So not only does she have rights and reconciliation and revelation and responsibility and relationships, she has rank. And in the midst of all six of these powerful chapters, we find ourselves at chapter 4, verse 20, 21, and 22. And so for the first time, there is no equivalent scripture that can match the one that says you didn't learn Christ that way. Now what they're saying is he's talking about a person. This is the first time where the Bible talks about learning a person. And, and when we talk about learning a person, we also talk about it on the hills of Ephesians 4.16 where we find out that God is saying that he wants the church in learning that person just to realize that this person is the one whom the whole body is being fitted together and held together by that which every joint supplies according to the what? Proper working of each individual part that causes the growth of the body for the building of itself in love. Now Jesus makes that possible. And that person, when we learn Jesus, we also display the perpetual self-building love of Jesus Christ. So when you, when, when, when you hear a title like uh, Learning the Messiah, well, when we talk about the Messiah, we talk about the anointed one. We talk about the one that for the first time in history of all mankind, the Spirit came and landed on him. And for the first time, it remained. Everybody previous to that, it just came down to do a work, and that was it. It lifted. But after Jesus Christ had landed on them, you know what? That same spirit, watch this, has landed, watch this, and remained on you. And you can grieve it, but it's on you. And because of him, he is called the Messiah. He is the anointed one. In other areas, they call him the Christ. He's the Christos. But when it talks about learning the Christos, when it talks about learning the Christ, the Messiah, anytime you're dealing with the word learning, you're dealing with issues of the one, okay, from which you study and observe. Who have you learned from? Who have you studied from? Who have you observed? Who have you followed? Because when you learn somebody, what you do is you learn their way, you learn their will, and you learn their work. Who are you studying from? Because the difference is when you study from the Messiah, you get all that God has. When you learn from a person that's limited, you learn how they work, you learn their will, you learn their way. And so from verse 20, he begins to kind of make a, a negative or positive. He goes into verse 21. And in verse 22. And he comes back.
fact that he says something, he uses three words. He says, when you learn of somebody, you hear from them. We're going to look at that word in just a moment. When you learn from somebody, you are taught of them. When we have people following Hollywood like crazy, instead of looking like themselves, they're looking like movie stars and entertainers. We ourselves, if we're not careful, man, we will copy the world. So not only did you hear from them, but you're also taught by them. But here's the issue that separates Christ from everybody. And when it comes to the word truth, there is none other. Because there's something about the laws of truth that I'm going to show you today. I just want to make sure you're with me. There is, is anybody in church this morning? Just want to say hello. Yeah. Amen. Okay. And then when you look at verse 22, it, he, he moves over to this reference book. But, but see, we're going to dig this up in just a moment. But the reference refers to something. He, he says, now, I, I want you to understand what you came out of. Because you didn't learn Christ in what you were in. You came out of something. You had some former going on that was not good. That was a downward spiral. And you can stay in that downward spiral if you want to. Let me tell you something, there's no sin any greater that God cannot forgive. Amen. Except for one. When you deny his character, when you deny his spirit. And then he says, if you stay in that downward spiral, you will become corrupt because you will be eaten up by lust with his perverted love. So at this moment, in the fourth chapter, we talk about a team mentality. Uh, a team mentality that helps us understand what responsibility is. Everybody is blaming everybody else. That's what happened in Genesis. Hey, Adam. Yes, What's the problem? The woman. He blamed his wife. He didn't take responsibility. Hey, what's the problem? The serpent. She didn't take responsibility. And so when he says, you didn't learn Christ that way. You didn't learn Christ by lying. Transaction. 
you became converted and moved to you into a whole nother climate that caused a transition. And in that transition, you begin to get the chemistry of another culture. Made up of something totally different. So not only did you make a transaction, you went into a transition, and then what happened was, <laughs> yeah, you were led to a transformation. See, see somebody ought to say hallelujah. See, see, look, look, this is truth coming at you, man. A transformation. And that transformation brought character. And it was the character of Christ. That transformation brought a kind of charity of love. You know what else it did? Because verse 21 and 22, it brought competence. So when you become a Christian, you become competent. You have no need to be making excuses about anything. Get a whole hallelujah, lot of hallelujahs on that. Yeah. You gotta understand it. So, why did he use a negative to explain a positive from verse 20? And he uses 21 and 22 to explain the negative. Okay? Because when you knew him, when you learned him, transaction, transition. <laughs> So let's stop making excuses. Let's stop trying to justify. Okay? And let the word have its way. Amen? Amen. I mean, this is free. This is free stuff here, man. This is good. This is nerds. Okay? And so now when we look at this, we begin to see the backdrop by which these heard Okay, taught and the word of truth unfold. So there is a cross reference that uh, we're going to turn to here, and it's Matthew 7 24 through 27. See, when he says that if indeed you have heard, you know what he's saying? That meant that you heard with the ability to obey. You, you, you didn't just hear it, but you obeyed what you heard. And in that obedience, what you're learning is this. Now watch this. It says, therefore, anyone who what? Hears me. Anyone who hears me and he hears these words of mine. Not your mom, not your daddy, not your girlfriend, not your wife, none of that, none of that. Hear my words. Okay, that'll come directly to you. He says this, and whatever you do, you will act on it. And in that action, you may be compared to a wise man. Now, see, God is saying, when you hear me and obey, you become wise. 
And you, you become wise. And not only do you become wise, but you know how to do something. You gain wisdom, watch this, to build. And there's a lot of things that you and I have built that are not from God. Because when you hear from him, you learn how to build. And it's hard for me to hear from people who built nothing. They're just a bunch of words. They haven't built a thing. They have nothing to show for. Just words. They just read a lot. They built nothing of any sustaining value that I can look at. And, 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 and because you come wise and you build his house on a what? On a marshmallow. Was anybody in the church today? A marshmallow? No. <laughs> we're talking about a rock, man. But we're talking about something that's immovable. We're talking about something that's sustainable. Just by hearing. So he says, when you learn Christ, you heard him. And you were humble and broken enough to listen. And when you listen, what did you do? You obeyed. Therefore, you were wise enough to build what he said. Because in that building, you built a solid foundation. And you built on a rock. Or you wouldn't be an old church. And then he says this. So that when the winds of life and philosophy comes, so when the rain of uh, what you would call impressions and, and internets and all that stuff comes, but when, when all this crap comes, he says, look, it's going to come. It's going to flood. The winds are going to blow. It's going to slam against what you built. And if you didn't build it on him, it will fall. You will be like the three pigs moving from straw to hay to eventually they built their house with bread. And the big old wolf <laughs> could not blow it down. There's nobody in church this morning. No, 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 nobody. nobody. It's all right, it's all right. I'm going to preach anyway. I just want you to know that. I'm not going to let your reaction disturb me. And, 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 then, and then he talks about this other stuff. He says, now hold on now. But, 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 but there are those who didn't want to listen. When I spoke, they wanted to decide on their own what it looks like. Whether it be business, whether it be marriage, whether it be work, no matter what. I'm going to decide what relationships look like. Not you. And all he's saying is come back to the rock. Come back to the rock that you were built out of. Because you're better than that. <laughs> because you know that. Quit it. Stop it. My dad used to say, stop it, boy. <laughs> I knew what he meant when he said that. Because if I didn't, something came behind that. <laughs> so, what we see here, uh, all the way to 27, is that that wind did blow. And it slammed. Now, here's the key. How? Great of a fall. How great of a fall. Mental gymnastics, emotional gymnastics. You, you, you get into this whirlwind, you get into this downspin. So here's what he's saying back in verse 21. You don't have to look at it, I'm just going to tell you. You didn't learn Christ that way because you heard him. And you heard him with an ear to hear. You know, some of the greatest listening is with the inner ear. Because it shows you how a skill of listening. See, real listening is paraphrasing. 
clarifying, interpreting, and reflecting. Did you know that? That's real listening. So, so when I'm really listening to Vicky, I gotta say, honey, now did, can could you run that back by me again? Because I heard her. You know what else? Can I put this in my words? I just want to make sure we're talking, we're communication. You know, I would just like to reflect back to you what you just said. And then I want to interpret. See, that means I have heard Jim. So when he says in verse 21, if you have heard him, he said you have. Because you listened, you obeyed, you interpreted, you reflected, you paraphrased. You did. You did. And so... Matthew 21, I mean, Matthew 7 tells me that I was listening that I might build. I was listening that I might develop listening. I was listening that I might have the ability to act on what I heard. And I was listening for the purpose to lay a wise foundation. Because you tell me what other foundation you can lay other than Christ himself. So that little verse 21, when he says, heard, is huge. And, 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 and then there's something else he says in that same verse. And he says, and have been what? Taught. Okay? In him. Now, you know how you've been taught? How you've been taught is how you behave. You can tell me you've learned other stuff, but what's going to come out is your behavior. knowledge you want. You can give me all the insight you want, but how you live is how you have been taught. Because what is taught is lived out regardless of how much you know. But, 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 but what do we mean by being taught? And there's another set of scripture here that I want you to take a look at. That's a cross-preference. And that uh, is Second uh, Timothy 3, 16. Beautiful set of scripture. Beautiful set of scripture. Because there, there's something about how you've been taught in Christ. You haven't been taught by, by, by whims of, of imagination. You've been taught in Christ by the word. Amen. That's what teaches you. Now, now, here's my challenge to you. You should make it a point every year to read through the Bible from, finish, from start to finish. All you have to read is a few chapters a day. Because there's some believers who have been living for a thousand years that's never opened up the book of Jonah, have never read the book of Habakkuk, have never read those little small prophets. And you will see those boys in heaven, and you're going to give an account for not reading that book. Hey, uh, Obadiah, man, sorry about that. <laughs> Obadiah's in there for a reason, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. So, 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 so what I'm saying to you is, one of the ways he's saying that not only have you heard, but you've been taught. And you've been taught by what? Divine revelation, by the breath of God, the very words that come out of God's mouth. And, 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 and you know what? That word brings benefit to you. 
And, and, and not only that you've, you've had what is called divine revelation, but you have been made in such a way where you will reach through that word your end and your purpose for life. I'll tell you something. Uh, you can go to sleep at night knowing your purpose, man. There's so many people wandering with emotional roller coasters, and they don't have a purpose in life. Somebody can come say something to them, and their whole life changes because they don't know their purpose. Let me tell you something. What people say to you does not change your purpose. The circumstances you go through does not change your purpose. It doesn't. And this word has been divinely inspired because it comes out of God's breath. Let me tell you something. Oh, man, men wrote the Bible. No, men were tools of God's writing. I'll tell you, I'll prove this to you. Right now, you're breathing, and I'm breathing. And your breath comes across your vocal cords and makes a sound. The word inspired by God, which means that God breathed. It wasn't the breath of man that wrote those words. Are you hearing me? Okay. It was God's vocal cords. My mind. So you got to understand that word was inspired by him. It was breathed on by him. And it, and it gives you profitability. That's how you learn. Not only was it profitable to you, but, but ladies and gentlemen, it taught you. It did. It, it, you know, being taught by the word means you're being taught by God. Not, not, not by your mom and dad's experiences or the, or the experiences that you've had in life. You're taught by that word, man. And I want that you're being taught by that word, but you know what else it does, man? It, 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 it confronts you. See, see, if you read the word, it will confront you. See, I don't need people to confront me because I am so confronted by the word of God. Every time I read it, it's like, wow. So it's no big thing when I'm confronted because I'm already confronted by God himself. That's, that's why Christians have problems with confrontation. You know why? Because they're not Bible readers. Okay? And you know what? And I love this part. It means course correction. So sometimes we can get off course. Now here's the key. Now, I can walk straight down this aisle, man, on a course. And it won't take me that long to get there. There's no resistance. But if I went into every one of these pews, see, it's, it, I'm on course, man. It's going to take me a while to get to the back. And none of you can say amen on that illustration. <laughs> because you love the obstacle course. So, so, so my whole point is, he said, not only have you heard him, but you have been taught by him. Why? Because you have been trained for what it looks like to be in right standings with God. Amen. Not right standings with your brothers and your sisters and your little groups and your little hurdles that you, and people that you... Now, God don't care about me being in right standings with my wife. God cares about me being right standings with him, which makes her and I in right standing. So are you with me? Amen. You don't want nobody in between there. He's it. Being in right standings with him and her being in right standings with him makes us both stand with him in the right way. Did you get
Sold. <laughs> yeah. So that you can put on your Superman suit. <laughs> no. Yeah. no, so you can take off the mask and be adequate. Adequate. For kingdom work. Kingdom work. I'm telling you something, man. God has brought his kingdom to Fort Collins. His kingdom is right here in this room today. And all you have to do is submit to it. So, then he says, if indeed you have heard, we talked about hearing, and if you have what been taught, we talked about what they've been taught in. Now he talks about the word truth. It says, just as what? Truth. Aletheia. The reality, the facts about something. And, you know, and then Jesus, Jesus makes a fascinating state, statement. In, in, in John 14, 1 through 6. Now, the, the, the statement was made in another spot that, that really, really helped me out growing up as a young believer when, when Pilate had Jesus standing before him. <laughs> and Pilate asked the question, man, what is truth? Do you know everybody's asking that question today? See, because the world is now saturated by your truth and your truth and my truth and your truth and your truth. And next thing you know, you've got four billion truths out there. And not neither one of them are consistent. Neither one of them have true identity. Some of them are contradictory. And they have no reference for reality. No individual. So when Pilate was asking that question, he was really asking the question. But what Pilate needed to learn is truth was not in it. It's a person. That's what, and, he, and he was standing right in front of him. It's a person. And, and this dialogue that he had with these disciples of him was so precious. I just want you to listen to the dialogue. He says, look, Man, don't let your heart be troubled. You know why their hearts were troubled? Because they had been with this guy for three years, man. He had, he had calmed the sea. Stop it. Stop raining. Stop storming. Man, he raised the dead. He fed a thousand some people. I mean, the list just went along. And all of a sudden, he says to them after three years, they have watched him talk, defy the laws of man. And then he says, I got to go. I don't know about y'all, but my heart would be troubled too. You mean Tim, I can't hang out with this brother anymore? Where you going? You gonna leave me here? He says, look, they were human beings. You just gonna walk out of me? And he said, but 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 I want you to understand something, man. There's something about me being here so I can get you where you need to be. He says, look here, man, in my father's house are many what? Mansions. I love it. He says, look, and if it was not so, look, I'm truth, why would I lie to you? He says, uh, I'm true. I would have told you for I go to do what? I go to prepare your mansion. I go to do that. And yet y'all sitting here looking doom and gloom. You don't even know what's ahead of you. And then he moves on. And, and, and he says, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, you may be also. And you know the way that I'm going. Thomas, my goodness. 
We got Thomas in us, man, because we can believe God one second and doubt him the next. So don't you be so hard on Thomas, okay? Thomas just says, Lord, look, man. Well, I know where you're going. How do we know the way? And watch Jesus. He is speaking about truth being a person. Here's what he says. He says, I am the way. He says, man, I am your entry point to the Father. I'm your entryway to the kingdom. And then he says, I am the truth, which means I am ultimate reality. Everything is going to eventually be at my feet because I'm truth. Then he says, I'm the life. The very breath that you have is from me. And then there's a life that you will live that's beyond this one. I'm that too. So then why was Paul writing this in verse 20 and then he comes back in verse 21 and he picks out these three things called hearing, teaching, and truth. You know why he says that? Because you have to be guided by that 24 7. And one moment that you stop doing that Verse 22 happens. Are y'all with me so far? Amen. One moment. You stop doing that. You start making up your own truth. But it's actually a lie. Is what happens. And then you get, you get in mucky muck. And you, you start changing your own personal satisfaction. And ignore the reality of what God has set you in. Then he tells you about the down spot. And I just want to read it to you real quick here. Then I'm going to take you to a scripture. That's the beginning of discipleship. Here's what verse 22 says. Here's what it says. It says, it, 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 uh, uh, are we okay? Because, I mean, we're getting ready to land the ship here in just a minute. Okay? And he says, and that is reference to your what? Your former life. The way you used to be. You laid that aside. That old self. Okay. Which is being what? Corrupt. You know what that means? See, you took self off the throne. But then, if you go back to your, your old self, you start putting self back on the throne. And being corrupt, which basically means moral decay. And you start lining up with this old crap, and lust sets back in, and then you are deceived again, and you come into delusion. Do you know that in the book of Second Thessalonians, God says in this day and time, he will send a deluding spirit, which will reflect back over to Isaiah, when it says people will call a truth a lie, and a lie a truth. And God is making it so black and white today. Because you're either going to love me or you're going to hate me. There will be no fences. And that's what he's doing right now. And he's what? He's raising up in the midst of all this chaos, authentic Christianity. That's all he's doing. And, 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 and here, he says, that was a point where you dressed yourself with this stuff. I came and unwrapped you. Aren't you glad today that God is still unwrapping you? 
You ain't seen the best of you yet. <laughs> you haven't. Now here's how we close. Here is the first step of discipleship. Luke 9, 23. I mean, this is beautiful. This is beautiful. Okay? This is the first thing he did to his disciples. If you want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, you got to eat this one first. And he's so kind because he gives you the fine print up front. <laughs> Love it. Now that if right there, that if is that transaction, transition, transformation right there. He says, look here, man, you want to? If, I'm going to tell you up front what it's going to cost you. See, because it's hard to read them little bitty bottles when you drink that stuff. Uh, I remember I had a brother that was so crazy because he drank a bottle of medicine and then he'd sh shake his bottle. I go, why didn't he? He said, well, you got to shake it. Y'all missed that. <laughs> but then when you read the fine print, man, look at that. That stuff on that fine print is more dangerous than what you're drinking. Jesus says, I'm not going to play with you. I'm going to tell you up front what's in the Bible. <laughs> okay. And he says this. He says, look here. If you wish, if it's your desire to come after me, it's got to be a decision that you make. I want you to make that decision to follow me. Uh, man, I'm going to give you that option. You can follow me or do your own thing and fulfill verse 22. And then he says this. He said, now I want you to come after me, man. I, I, I want you to come after me. Not only do I want you to come after me, but I want you to do something. I want you to put self in its proper place. Amen. That's why verse 22 says, you remember your old former life when old self was on the throne? See, see, here's the problem with believers today. We're still trying to solve our problems the same way we solved them before we met Jesus. See, now that I met Jesus, I can't solve my problems the same way. I got to go to him. I got to quit letting my emotions and my thinking drive me. And me reacting. And say, all right, Lord, you already dealt with this, brother. Now, okay, show me where it is the scripture. Because I'm going to pick up the scripture and I'm going to hit it with it. See, how can you walk with Christ and still try to solve your problems the same way you saw before you met him? It don't work. That's why there's so many Christians walking around here depressed today. Because you're not walking in the word. You're walking in your emotions and your thinking. And you're walking in your circumstances. Stop it. Amen. Stop it. Because he said you got to deny yourself. And if that ain't all, take that cross with you. Just, just, just take it with you. I got the big one. But I'm going to give you the little one. Take it. Man, look here, that is the first step to discipleship. See, some people think discipleship is dead on time and trying to disciple somebody, show somebody how to do this. No, man, that's real discipleship right there. And when a person learns how to do that verse, they are candidates for leadership. Because if you can't do that verse, you can't lead. And nobody will follow you because you're not dead. Now, here's, here's, here's what I close with. Here's what I close with. Because that's the last cross-reference. I don't want to spend too much time on verse 22. Because it'll depress you. What he was doing was saying, go back to your former life and understand you have been delivered from that stuff. And because you have heard, because you have been
because you run right smack dab into the truth. Understand what you have learned. There's a young man on the CSU football team that's an ex-Marine. And he'll walk in here someday. You won't know who he is. After the fall camp, there'll be some guys showing up here. They had him get up about a week ago and share with the team about what it means to be involved in the military and go out on special assignments. And here's what he said. He says, as a special force guy, when I got on the helicopter, I was He said that my only concern was for the guy next to me that he would get home and see his family again. Man, you could hear a pin drop. And when I walked on that copter, I was dead. I wasn't even human anymore. Because all I was concerned about was my mission. I said, when you come to
and that person of Jesus Christ because you don't also taught us how to give. You, you talk about tithing, you talk about offerings, you talk about alms. And today we place that here so that you can continue to fill your storehouse. And those who give, God, you will take care of them. You'll take care of them. You, you, you'll be rebuked to devour. You'll pour out a blessing that's too big to now. God bless this offering in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So in, in closing, okay, uh, so sometimes God will put a word on somebody. We will, we will make room for that word. But some of us probably need to read to get dedicated our life to Christ. Because we've been knowing of him about him, but not know him. And all you have to do is recognize once again that heaven's a gift. You have to recognize once again that you are a sinner and that God hates sin but love you. And it is through faith in Jesus that makes it possible. And if you place your faith in him, be reconciled back to him. Maybe some of you in this room have never done that publicly. You know, to give you an opportunity to say, man, you know what? I need to publicly say yes to Christ. If that's you, we're not going to ask you to close your eyes. I'm just going to ask you to stand right here. Stand up and say, man, I have to publicly confess it as Lord. If that's you, just stand at your feet, man. I want to bless you.
name we pray. Everybody said, Amen. You are free to go. Fellowship.